Hey everyone, welcome back to the Freshly Squeezed podcast. This season is um, about cultivating what's right in front of you. It's about doing something with what you have because uh, we believe that God is always doing something in the hearts and minds of his kids. And that means whether that that, um, looks like physically doing something or spiritually doing something, God is working all the time. And we just need to trust and tap into what God is doing. So this season, we're just talking to um, people we admire and honor, and we want to highlight those people. And I'll uh, pass it over to Brooks to talk about uh, our guest today. Yeah, we have a very special guest on a very special episode, and uh, this week we'll be talking with actually the newest official member of the Freshly Squeezed team, Cassie Truby. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I met Cassie when she lived in Tennessee with her family, and uh, I had the honor of serving with her through music and other ministries. Um, she's always been somebody I've admired and respected, um, and I'm privileged to be one of her many big brothers in Christ. Um, I hold that uh, title very highly. Um, and yeah, so next we'll hear a little bit more about how Jacob knows her. Um, and we'll get to hear more about uh, her role with Freshly Squeeze Studios. Um, and here is Cassie Truby, if she wants to say hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. Well, welcome. Thanks. This, Thanks has been a, this has been a long time in the, the making. We've talked about this for a while. Brooks, because we've, we've, um, I won't take all of your thunder explaining how all this came about, but basically it's, it's, we've talked to you for a while, for months about, um, being a part of Freshly Squeezed. And so we're pretty excited to finally have an episode to talk to you about it. Um, but how I know Cassie is that she's my little sister in law, in law, by law. law. And, um, I usually just call her my little sister because, um, the in-law is just made, like, it's by law. Why, why tell yeah. people it's by law? She's just my little sister. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, I've known her since, let's see, 2010. How old were you? Eight. You were eight. I've known her since she was eight. Um, wow. When I first met their whole family. I know. I don't think, do you remember not knowing me? I'm sure there's like parts of. Yes, but no. Yeah. I've known you over half my life that's yeah. kind of crazy to think about that is kind of crazy to think um about. but yeah growing up I've always known Taylor with Jacob like I don't really remember Taylor without you yeah so that's cool it feels like I've always <laughs> known you yeah 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 anyway so growing up Cassie um has really stepped out of her shell and honestly this isn't a new thing it's kind of been the last several years uh, but you used to be very, very shy and mm-hmm. reserved. And you've grown into this uh, very mature and hilarious, dry humor, human woman, human woman. And um, anyway, it's just amazing to see because you've got a lot of gifts. And that's why you were the first person I thought of um, when we we're talking about adding to the team with more written content. You were the first person that came to my mind. So anyway, we're really excited to have you on, but I wanted to kind of get an overview of like, if people don't know you, how would you sum up yourself? Okay. Well, 
Where to begin? That's the question. Very beginning. The very beginning. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm 19 years old. I am a sophomore at Gulf Coast State College. I lead a small group at my church, ninth grade girls, which I actually love that. I get a lot of joy out of that. Um, and sometimes I think I get more out of it than they do, but um, super passionate about that. I feel like I'm constantly at church, which is a good thing. I don't, I don't go like out of like duty or obligation. It's mm. oh, I get to go to church. I get to go, um, you know, to young adult small group. And um, so that's been a blessing too. I love hanging out with my friends, Jordan and Maddie. They're hilarious. They're such a blessing. Um, I love coffee. If coffee Amen. were a love language, I I, I swear that would language. be number one on my list. No, it, it is. We can it, just claim it here now. We're claiming it here. You heard yeah. it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a love language. It is. We're accepting. Um, it's actually kind of funny. Like whenever I'll, I go to hang out with Josh, I'll always go to Starbucks first. I'll be Which who's Josh? Josh is my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> my boyfriend. <laughs> Shout out to Josh. Shout out to Josh. That. Yeah. No, but um, yeah, I'll go to Starbucks before we hang out almost every time. I'll be like, do you want anything? And anytime he's like, I think I'm good. I don't know why, but that genuinely I'm like, oh doesn't want coffee like it makes me so sad he doesn't know the joys of what coffee brings well he's actually pretty smart about it though because he's like i just you know don't want to get addicted to coffee and stuff like that so i guess it's smart and i do applaud him for that because sometimes i wish i didn't drink it at well no i don't wish that i love coffee (laughs) (laughs) you don't want it to rule your life yeah i don't want it to rule my life yeah so i i wanted to ask you something we ask everybody Mm mm-hmm when they come on Freshly Squeezed Podcast, which is um, what is fresh on your mind? What's something that God has been showing you recently that you can share with us? Yeah, so um, it was when we first started talking about um, joining the team. And you had mentioned, I want to say this was, maybe it wasn't when it first began, maybe a month ago, month and a half, but you had said, like, uh, get a journal and take it with you, like, wherever you go. You didn't, like, say take it with It was more of, like, hey, this would be cool. Yeah. Um, and if God speaks something to you, just to, kind of, like, write it down, whether it's something so simple like the sunset or something so deep that he's speaking. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing that. And one day I was at the church, and I kind of got a thought, and I was wondering what would it look like if everyone's knees were on the ground? But what if everybody's knees were on the ground, not only just in surrender, but like an adoration and humility and a desperate plea to know more about God um, on the ground and gratitude on the ground, like from the weight of the Holy Spirit, from the weight of his glory and love and power. And that's just something that I've been trying to do is, okay. when I get in the presence of God, it's a posture of. I want my knees to hit the floor because of who God is and all that he's done for me. And um, so that's been something that he's teaching me, kind of reteaching me. Cause I used to get on my knees like all the time, but you kind of go through seasons of where it's a little dry compared to other seasons. Mm -hmm. So it's like God in the seasons just been teaching me, um, reteaching me a lot of things. So with the whole knees thing, I just have realized 
re-realize how important that is of get get on put your knees on the floor and just worship him and God meets you there and doesn't have to I'll do it in my room like I'll just put some worship music on and worship God and he meets you there it's it's really crazy so um that's been something fresh that I've been kind of I guess relearning in this season yeah so when you say knees like knees on the ground are you talking like literally as a sign like you get on your knees or you more of a heart posture I think okay so for Both. me it's physically like I okay. I do because it is also a sign like but also at church like if people see that it's I want that like I want to worship God I want to be so in love with God where like I don't care what anyone else thinks because that is something that I've dealt with is like if I get on my knees are people gonna think I'm like weird or something like that yeah. but it's just getting to a point where I just want to worship God and that's a um a form of it is like just getting on your knees but it's also heart posture because your heart also has to be in the right place when you're worshiping God and your heart does have to be in full surrender and God can work through you no matter what. Mm -hmm. But when you truly give it to God, you give your all to God, he can just do so much more. Mm -hmm. So um, I'd say both. Yeah. Well, thanks Cassie for sharing um, what's fresh on your mind. And uh, we love asking that of our um, guests and also, if you hang, stick around to the end of our episodes, you you may hear us say the phrase, stay fresh. Um, and we just wanted to take this time with our team to break down what that means. Um, we've talked about uh, what staying fresh means and uh, what freshly squeezed means and why we came up with that, that podcast name. Um, we've talked about it a few times, but I think it'd be good for us or we thought it'd be good for us to um, do a whole episode on that. And also, as Cassie's been coming on board with the Freshly Squeeze team, she has been um, helping us um, think through launching a Freshly Squeeze blog and having more written content, as well as she's been helping us with social media. Um, but as a part of that, she has already written the first blog that is based off of this phrase. But yeah, Cassie, um, since you are our guest this week, why don't you go ahead and start off by telling us what Stay Fresh means to you? Okay, so at the beginning of this year, what I do at the beginning of every year is I, I'll choose a word that represents just kind of what I want to pursue for that year. And um, this year's was Abide and Fruitful. So it's actually really cool that um, we're talking what staying fresh means to me because it's I found I found it in John 15 5 where it talks about how um God is the vine and we're the branches but I also think of it as so if we're the branches we have to be connected to the vine that's our source of life that's what sustains us that's what keeps us you know going and um so staying fresh to me is abiding in God it's abiding in um, his love and his presence, um, everything that he is, is just pursuing him and resting in that. Um, so by doing that, I don't necessarily think it has to be worship or prayer or reading the Bible. I think it can even be something so simple as like, for me, watercolor. I've been into that recently of, 
I'll paint like a backdrop and then on top of it I'll just write a verse that I've been focusing on or a phrase or even lyrics from a song but in that it's like God will meet me there and it's cool to see how you can abide in God outside of um outside of the box of the average you know like read your Bible and and pray and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and it goes on to say in John 15, 5, where it talks about if you abide in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So when you're staying fresh and you're abiding in God, you're producing fruit, but it's fruit that will last. It's the, yeah. you know, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Um, and that will never disappoint. Um, I think it's really important because when you're staying fresh in God and abiding in him, um, it's not like the world where you kind of get into a headspace of going through like the mundane things and you want something to fulfill you or you want something to just make you feel like almost worthy or like seeing valued, those type of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they'll search for it. And I've seen this like all throughout high school, even middle school, I saw this in so many of my friends and it really broke my heart because I wanted them to know God's love and I wanted them to experience who he is and fall in love with him and not just something where it's in their Instagram bio or like shouting out, Oh, I love Jesus. But like their life doesn't necessarily reflect it. It's just like the cool thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd watch them search and search and search and I try and, you know, point them to God, but I'd see how, like their life, what they did, like nothing was ever enough for them. They'd get to a point and they'd be good for a minute or two. And then it's moving on to the next thing. And I was talking with um, Jacob last night about how the thing that um, like they're okay with for a second, it it only kind of lasts a moment, but it's like the same thing, just disguised as something else or like, this is the new thing to do type of thing. Yeah. So I saw that in two of my friends in high school and um, we've reconnected recently and kind of like we picked up where we left off almost in our friendship. And it's really cool to see how our conversations when I first started um, talking to them again, not that anything bad happened. There was no like drama or anything. We just like lost touch. But it's really cool to see how when we first meet up, it'd be like, oh, I'm I'm feeling this way. And I feel like I'm just in a pit. And I feel like there's not a light at the end of the tunnel. And mm-hmm. then they abide in God and they seek him. And it's cool to see how life just starts getting so much better. Like there's joy, there's peace, there's um, worth, there's value, there's purpose. So to me, abiding or staying fresh is abiding in God and seeking yeah. him. And um you know, producing the fruit and by that other people will see that. And, um, I think they'll find what they're looking for because in Matthew seven twelve it talks about how you can identify them by their fruit and you'll see it by the way that they act. So as Christians, like when you're abiding in God, the byproduct of that is the fruit. And so when people are searching and longing, they'll see the fruits that you're producing and they're going to want that. Yeah. So, um, staying fresh to me is, Yeah. Abiding in God. Yeah. Staying in the vine. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I think a lot of people try to find purpose in the things we see because that's what we see. The world is physical and the spiritual realm, God says, is more real than the physical Mm -hmm. realm. Like, um, 
But when we live in a world, we're going to try to put our purpose and our, and our, the feeling of accomplishment in things we do and, um, things we say and things we believe. And ultimately, I mean, it's so easy to do as a preteen pastor. I put so much of my identity in that. Then when I lost it and moved on from that, I felt like I lost part of my identity because I put so much weight in something I did. Mm. And, and that's, that is, is so easy to describe and to explain to somebody. I just talking to a good friend of mine um, yesterday about this, about not putting so much weight and so much contingency on things we do or our job or whatever it is, like our talents or gifts, like, we can't rely on those things. Those are, those are things that God uses, but those aren't, those are not our purpose. Those are not a, our substance that we should rely on. And like the, the, the culture and the way the world works right now is constantly shifting everything. Like it's, it's so, it's so wishy-washy <laughs> and you can't anchor something um, anchor on something that's constantly moving. So this idea of staying fresh um, n- only works when you connect like that verse uh, or that passage of connect to the vine, like be in me and I will be in you. That is the only way to have life. So I guess I'm, I'm just, I completely agree with everything you said. And that's, that is the point to me too, of, of what it means to stay fresh is, we have all of these things that we like to do and all these gifts that God has given us. But if we don't remain in him, it's worthless. It's useless. Um, and it may not seem useless to the world. Um, and we may try to get a little fulfillment out of it, especially like you mentioned this earlier, especially if things are always changing or we try to see a new adventure to, to get that feeling of, um, I guess, fulfillment or hype. Like I'm doing something that matters. Um, it can it can, you know, you can have, I guess, tastes of fruit that feels like life, but if it's not attached to who God is, then it's, it's not going to last. But anyway. Yeah. I think for me, it's, yeah, it's all of those things. I think also things we've talked about on this podcast has been, uh, being teachable and, um, always learning and, um, as I think about staying fresh, I think of staying malleable, which is like the word I think used for just like things, things such as metals and uh, malleable is how metals and materials and how well they can be molded and um, pressed mm-hmm. into and shaped. Um, so to me, staying malleable is uh, being teachable. And um, yeah, we've talked about, um, before I've, I've mentioned that I was in a, like a spiritual development course a while ago, uh, called faith walking. And one of the, uh, one of the things they started off the course with was like this, um, I'll just read a little bit of it, but it was this paragraph that talked about, um, how, how to approach, uh, learning and, uh, malleability. Um, but it says most people listen from a stance of, is this right or wrong? Do I agree or disagree with what's being said? 
We believe that this kind of listening makes you the judge of what the Holy Spirit might be showing you. This stance assumes that you already know everything necessary necessary in order to discern the truth. We believe that even for the very mature in Christ among us, there are things that we don't know that we don't know. If you listen from if you listen from the right slash wrong agree disagree perspective, you close off the possibility that the Holy Spirit will give you revelation. Trade that old way of listening for a new way in which you simply try on what you're hearing and ask, what if this is so? What would that mean for my life in Christ? Pray for the grace to embrace this new way of listening so that the Holy Spirit will have free reign to speak, even in areas that are hidden for you right now. Um, so yeah, that was probably two years ago when I started that course, and that that invitation has um, has stuck with me and has helped me. I've had to continually remind myself of that because I think often as we're learning new things or going into new environments and experiences, we lose, or if we go into things with um, with that analytical right and wrong um, and almost agree, disagree, which is and almost always quantifying, I think that that can be a very Western perspective of like, I mean, I even catch myself um, already geared up to like disagree with something. Like if, um, if I'm listening to a speaker for the first time, I'm already, um, approaching it analytically. Um, but as in, um, but the encouragement of that is that phrase of, if this is so, what does it mean for my life in Christ and allowing and already posturing yourself to let the Holy Spirit, um, Holy Spirit teach you. Um, and I think yeah. that's, um, I think it's easy for us to, uh, to unconsciously stop learning new things and to, um, yeah. to think that we've arrived, um, as opposed to taking a posture of always learning. I also think one of the biggest things, I think we'll talk about it later. Somebody asked, sent in a question about this, but, um, but one of the biggest things for me that I think is a great way for people to, uh, stay fresh and learning is to be in community and all the benefits of that. Um, recently, I think maybe even twice, two of our guests mentioned this Henry Nowen article that's about from living, uh, moving from solitude, to community to mission. It's a seven page article by, yeah. um, author and theologian Henry Nowen. Um, and he uses, uh, Jesus's example of his life, and how he spent time in solity, solitude and how that um, that poured into community and his time spent in community spent or poured into mission. Um, and mission was described as the fruit of those things. And um, our fruit is a reflection of how we're being refined and honed in those places of solitude and community. Um, and yeah, I think when you uh, intentionally spend time in community and uh, with others, you're constantly being sharpened. I think healthy communities are always growing and always learning and always staying fresh. And if they're not, then that's an indication of um, some kind of uh, wall that has been built up. I think it's easy to mix up being firm in your faith 
and being stubborn. Mm -hmm. I think we can justify being stubborn by thinking it's being firm mm -hmm. because the, the Bible talks about being firm in your faith and being firm in who you are in Christ, which is 100% true, but it's very different than being stubborn. And I think a lot of people can be stubborn and never grow because they think they're being um, firm, mm -hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. And, uh, and then they, then that's when um, I think that's just kind of a, a gateway, so to speak, for a lot of other things to come in, um, being angry at other people who don't agree and don't, and, and that's not the heart of Christ at all. Like he, he, um, he was very compassionate to people he didn't agree with. Um, he was very firm in, and how he, um, what he believed and how, and the remedy for those things, but he never, he never was like, Oh, nope. And then blocked off people because they, they thought differently than him. He like, that's basically his whole ministry is going into places that disagree with him or had something against him or, um, was just confused and he brought clarity, um, in love. And I think that's such an important part of being fresh, staying fresh is understanding that you don't know it all. Um, only God does. Yeah. And he chooses to reveal to us things on his time and in his way. Like I think of um, Peter and how the Lord had to, um, how he showed Peter that, that this life and this way of following Christ was open to everyone not just Jewish people um, and like uh, how he showed him. It was like through a dream and he had to show him the dream three times because Peter didn't get it the first time. I didn't believe him. Um, right. Not only does that show the Lord's patience with us, but it also shows us that um, even somebody as firm in his faith and what he believes to be true um, and foundational as Peter um, when the Lord is ready to um, reveal something else that like um, it's an example of how we are to follow. And then from that place of solitude, Peter brought that to community and yeah. there was debate and there was challenge. Um, and then the Holy Spirit worked through that. And then that's how Jesus brought uh, himself and his way to the whole world, you know, but think of what if Peter wasn't in community or he wasn't in a place to be challenged at all, you know, um, where would that growth happen and how would other people right. be blessed through that? Yeah, no, I, I, I have a question for all of us, but I kind of want to phrase it, see if I can, see if I can phrase it well, but what's a good posture for learning? Because I think a lot of people would would say they're open-minded, but I would personally see it as they, they're, they don't have any sort of filter and they're just letting everything in because, um, and for the sake of being, um, open to everybody. Um, and then there's people who are so blocked off to any sort of change or any sort of different point of view that they're very stubborn, but I think there's a good balance. What's a good way to do that? Maybe even practically, how do you even begin to build a, fil a fil filtration system. Charlie had a, had a, uh, did a good sermon of that. 
of like, um, I think he was talking about a specific, um, it may have been the Corinthian church where the first letter was very like affirming of them. And then his second letter was more, um, more challenging. Um, Mm -hmm. but how they were being more influenced or the balance of being, they were being very influenced by their culture. Um, but he was talking about the balance of being free from the law, which was in their time was that, um, very strict Jewish law being free from that. Um, but also, um, not being influenced by the church. But I guess the the question is, how do we balance um, living free in the culture? Like Jesus, part of Jesus' death and resurrection is so that we can be free. So how do we live free but not uh, overly influenced by um, corruption and the things that um, are harmful to ourselves and others? Yeah, so I was kind of thinking, I think you need discernment with that. I think... Um, praying to the Lord and asking him to reveal things and to open your eyes to what's right and what's wrong. Um, I, I've heard someone say recently, like, where does your peace stand? Like, where, where's your peace? Follow your peace in God. And um, so when it comes to cultural things and like the world, I think it's discerning God's voice, but also taking those things captive and making it obedient to the word of God. Um, But also if you're in relationship with God, I think, I feel like your peace will let you know. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I know what what you're saying. Like, so some people may have peace about, I don't know, for example, listening to certain secular music and while somebody else, um, somebody else who have been really influenced by the music they listen to feel the conviction, like I need to stop listening to that. And that could be a great conviction. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean it's the same for somebody else. And so a lot of people can, I think, um, take the, the thought process of since God showed me that I should stop, you know, cut this out of my life because it's become a thing that's hindering me from a closer relationship with God. I think people can take that and be like, well, everyone should think that. Right. Anyway, so that, that idea of like having this rigid structure that somebody else and everybody else has to follow the same convictions that you have. And that's what I would think would be stubborn Mm -hmm. as opposed to, um, understanding that people that have different levels of peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I love that you're using the word discernment to me. That's an, a, a, um, it's on the topic of maturity and spiritual maturity. Um, and I think we can find grace for people in that, um, Paul uses this, this analogy of people needing like starting off and being spiritual infants, you know, and then like spiritual adolescent yeah. adolescents and then spiritual grownups and fathers and, and like, uh, elders, you know, and like we can find that people, um, are on different, like different parts of the journey of discernment. So like, yeah. um, discernment can look differently to a lot of people. Um, but also like, I think there are some, quintessential 
ingredients to determine. And I think one of the big ones is um, community. So it's like, I think, yeah, it brings us back to community. And it, it's still along the lines of staying fresh because we want to be, um, we want to be like, um, fully engaged and fully in live what, what God's doing. Um, so I think community and also like, if you feel like, if you're trying to make a decision and you go to the Lord for it, like, uh, one thing we can be clear is that like the Lord's not going to negate something he's said, like his word, you know, like his word is true. So if like there's conflict between two words of God, like one of them's not right. For me personally, the things that I've had to remind myself to be malleable is when the Lord wants to like free me from something that, um, small, usually small things, you know, small practical things of like, or even small thought processes. But also like, I liked how you were saying, like sometimes the Lord tells us something that's not necessarily true for someone else. And like, also that's a little T true. Like, <laughs> I feel like mm-hmm. truth can be a, a big buzzword. Um, and like, um, like I, I have friends like for you just mentioned like Josh, your boyfriend doesn't drink coffee and for him that's practical and smart. And for you, you really enjoy it, you know? So like, um, and like we can go to the Lord for like big or small things. So like if you were to go to the Lord and be like, I need discernment on coffee drinking, you know, that might be a big yes (laughs) for you. Or if you go to the Lord and ask for, um, or if Josh were to do the same and it was a no, but also to be malleable enough to know whenever a yes then becomes a no or vice versa. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I can, t- I can probably give some good guarantees of like what not to do in discernment. Like don't make a big life decision off of somebody's Instagram post. Like <laughs> don't go yeah. to Instagram for big spiritual wisdom um i'm there's some good that's come out of it but like um i feel like if we're if we get really bunched up about big platforms like that um they can often become an idol to us and if we're having trouble figuring out right and wrong then maybe we should just put down some of those big idols and like go back to the source which is what we've been talking about of like abiding and like um yeah and if if we're having trouble discerning like the book of james says if you lack wisdom ask for it and like we get to ask for more and we get to ask for more clarity um and also like yeah yeah, i'm kind of saying all the same things again but um as we grow we're more responsible for our spirit, where we're at and our maturity than we are for other people's discernment processes. Like we can get, we can be a part of it, but at the end of the day, we're, we're more responsible for where we lie and how we're um, leading our lives and our families. Mm-hmm. No, that's really good. I love everything you're saying Brooks, cause I think it's really easy uh, especially in a uh, media culture, like you're getting so much information. Um, I was just talking to uh, 
where was this? I was in a small group and I felt so weighed down by honestly everyone else's, um, like a lot of people's uh, doubts and a lot of people's uh, thing, things that people were uh, dealing with that I didn't even know because I follow them on social media or I see some, someone explaining something about the Bible and I'm like, whoa, that is so off. That's so untrue. And I'm like, I get so, I guess, weighted down by all these problems everywhere else where if I, you know, turned off Instagram, turned off Instagram, I sound like a dad. <laughs> if, I, if I close the app, if I deleted it, and I focused on what is literally right around me, my family, my community, um, my siblings. And I focused on what is God telling me right now, right here. I think it would be much um, more manageable in my mind because I think the enemy wants you to worry about everything. Mm-hmm. So he's going to give you a lot of things to worry about, which probably seem um, righteous. Like it made me feel like, well, I just want truth to be heard everywhere. And I want that, you know, disbelief or that distortion that the enemy is making that person feel. I want them to understand what truth is. And I'm, and I'm just so worried about all of these things that I want to be made right. That, that really I'm useless. (laughs) I'm kind of just like this worry, this bundle of worry. And anyway, as I was explaining that in that small group, it was just kind of a clarity moment where I'm explaining the issue and I'm, and then the, the resolution came with it. I'm like, man, I'm literally worrying about everything and it's not mine to worry about. Like the burden is like, God's supposed to take that burden mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to live out of a place of freedom and be in the moment that I'm in and in the places I'm, I'm, I'm in so that God can move um, effectively through me. I want to be the, his hands and feet. And I can't do that when I'm trying to take the position that God's supposed to take. And I'm, so, I'm like, I'm just like pointing out all of the, all of the things that need to be fixed. I'm just like, and all I'm, all I'm doing is just sitting in it and being like, man, there's a big mess. <laughs> and that's all I'm doing now. I'm not being useful. So anyway, I think a big part of staying fresh does involve um, understanding where God has placed you and cultivating that plot of land really well, Mm -hmm. instead of seeing everything that's overgrown around you Mm -hmm. and then being useless and not even taking care of what's right in front of you. Yeah. Um, Psalm 16 talks about how our boundaries are placed in pleasant places or like it talks about it. The, the actual poetic language is like, Oh, my plot of land, the boundaries have fallen in pleasant places. Um, but of like um, full contentment is in recognizing like what is our responsibility um, and what's outside of our boundaries. And um, what yeah. we, when we fully focus on what we are supposed to tend to, we find contentment. And uh, I feel like I'm in a season of, redefining what's my responsibility and what I'm responsible to. Um, because like I want to, uh, yeah, I want to tend to everything and everyone I encounter, you know? And, um, a lot of times we feel bogged down, um, on social media and like on our phones. It's cause we're so connected to everything. 
And I think there's a truth to um, having compassion for things that are happening around the world and like um, doing what we can with what we have. But a lot of times we're overwhelmed because we were never meant to know what was happening right now on the other side of the world. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. we were meant to know how to best serve our neighbors and our community and our family. Um, Not all at the same time, (laughs) not even that, (laughs) not even your neighborhood all at the same time, you know, like um, I'm kind of out of practice of it now, but um, of a daily prayer of being like, what do you want me to focus on today? You know, because I'm, I'm overwhelmed and like feeling heaviness that was not, um, meant to uh, be carried by me, which then leads me to ask Cassie, how uh, how do you find contentment in your everyday life? Um, well, it's okay if Josh is your I'm answer. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, having a community of people who want what's best for you, I think, is very important but also you do the same in return. Um, I was talking with one of my, um, someone I work with, and um, she was talking about how um, she was raised Catholic. So it's all about like rules, basically. You have to be Mm -hmm. good to get to heaven. You have to be good for God to love you. And that's not like with Christianity. It's just God loves you no matter what. Even you go to him with your mistakes and he's like, what mistake? Like I've, I paid the price for that. That doesn't define you. Um, so I was talking to her about all the rules, but saying that to her and seeing how that like just completely like, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Shifted her perspective. Yeah. It shifted her perspective of like, oh, I don't, I don't have to do these things out of obligation, but it's out of the servitude of my heart. Like I just want to serve. Um, and that's, I think we were kind of talking about this last night. Like God didn't come to serve, but I mean, to be served, but to serve. Yeah. And I find a lot of, um, contentment out of serving. So with pre-K, whether that's with kids, whether that's helping, um, Miss Bridget, who's over the pre-K ministry, um, serving Josh, serving my friends, serving anywhere, like whatever it is, I find a lot of contentment through, um, serving. Yeah. Also Josh, like I know we (laughs) joked about that, but like being around him, um, because it's a godly relationship, he has added so much, um, value through God though. And having someone who is constantly there for you, someone who prays for you, um, someone who is just doing life with you, that, that just means so much. No, that's, that's really good. It's kind of this, like, it's that Henry Nouwen quote. I just want to like, it's a long, it's a long article. Um, but I feel like we could just literally take an episode, read it, and it would be such a rich episode yeah. <laughs> because uh, it was a really, really good um, perspective of you get your source of life from your solitude and your, or not from solitude, but from Christ. And that comes usually with just being alone with Christ. So solitude with Jesus. 
and it plays out through community and that becomes your ministry. And it's, and it's, uh, it's always, I've always had a really, um, I've always honored and respected, uh, like monks and the fact that they, they spend their whole life in cert in service to Christ. But at the same time, it doesn't quite make sense to me because it, it's kind of that idea of taking the first step and then not going really any further. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's taking understanding and being with Christ and then kind of keeping it to yourself. And it also reminds me of that parable that's like, here's your talents and that one person just buried them. So it'd be safe. And then, you know, it was disappointing mm-hmm. to the master because he didn't do anything with it. And, and really it feels so good. Like the to serve people to, um, to use what God gave you, um, to serve other people. That's what we're called to do because it, that's what fulfills us. That's what Christ came to do for us. And that's what we're supposed to do for other people. And, um, but we need all three of those things. We, we can't do, we can't serve well and to the, to the best of our ability without being attached to the vine that is Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't do that. Well, a lot of people try to do that. There's a lot of encouraging people that I, follow on social media that I, I really admire. I'm like, they're great people. They do a lot of awesome, kind things for people, but what, to what end? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just kind of kind and it makes people feel good. And that's kind of just a little taste of what Christ had in mind when it, what it looks like to be in the vine, but it doesn't last. And it's not, you can't, it's just like taking a piece of fruit and then running away with it and then trying to hold on to it. It's going to rot. Yeah. And it's going it, to, or you can, you can eat it and it'll fulfill you for a little yeah. while, but it's going to, it's, it's not lasting. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think the strength of that article is it, he sets up the order, the order of solitude community mission, because, um, a lot of times we can get it out of order and, uh, be like, oh, I need to only do mission. I need to only serve. And that's where my fulfillment's going to come from. Or I'm mm-hmm. serving more than I'm actually hanging out with my friends. They're like hanging out with my people. Like I remember when I was in yep. ministry, I did more I did more ministry than I did community with the people I was doing ministry with. It was more so like I felt bad. I felt like every text I sent my friends was like asking them to like serve on this team, you know, instead of it being like friendship first. Um and then like we can serve, we can, we can put service on a pedestal. We can even put community on a pedestal of like, oh, I'm getting the bread and the spiritual meat I need just by going and being with people all the time. It's easier mm-hmm. for extroverts to do that. Um, but like, I'm not spending any time with God alone. And um, yeah. the reason that solitude comes first is because, and it looks different. It doesn't look like we have to go like off in the desert by ourselves and be a desert monk and actually mon- <laughs> the monastic practice can look differently. And like, um, right. They're yeah. not all, some look like airbenders, you know, some, uh, <laughs> some practice the air arts, um, right. <laughs> some of them make wine, you know, they all look different, but like, um, but the reason solitude comes first is because, 
in solitude, we are reminded of our belovedness and our, um, we're, our hearts are aligned with who we are in Christ and who Christ is. And then as we are reminded of our belovedness, we are reminded of that in community um, so that when we're bumping shoulders with other people, we're already in a posture to see them as beloved and to give them grace um, and to challenge with grace. Um, and then as we go into mission together, as we go into mission with that community, we're to see the people that we're serving as beloved. So if we lose mm-hmm. the solitude piece and the solitude piece doesn't come first, um, then we're we're not seeing ourselves as beloved or others. Um, and then um, our service can start to break down. I, I think we had some uh, some input from people on some friends on social media and some friends, uh, uh, personal friends we texted. Um, and I'd love to go through through some of those and we can talk about them or just, or at least just mention some of them. But um, we asked a few questions on social media that were, um, the first question was, what comes to mind when you hear the word stay fresh? Charlie uh, Deaver said, uh, take a shower, <laughs> which um, <laughs> uh, I don't blame him because that's definitely, it sounds, it sounds like you need to be uh, clean or someone told me the other day, they're like, um, it sounds like Subway. Every time you hear, I hear you guys say that, it reminds me of Subway. Stay fresh. <laughs> like, what? What is the Subway? Uh, oh, what eat is fresh. It? Eat fresh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's it reminds me of them, them of that. Caleb Albert said, "Got it. Got to be smelling good." So apparently, it just it makes people think of being clean. <laughs> um, Emily Randall said, "Stay present to the moment you're in," which is very relevant to everything we've we've been talking about um yeah do you want to share some of the a couple of people a couple of your good friends uh responded to you cassie would you mind sharing those yeah so um my friend jordan said that staying fresh to her means um being renewed daily being renewed by god and the spirit but also never being content with where you're at um we had kind of talked about this um, in our small group in Freedom, but she had said that um, if you're content with where you're at, then it's almost like saying, okay, God, you can't, like, there's nothing more you can teach me. So it's always um, having the thought of, okay, God, you've showed up time and time again, so I need to just show up now and uh, make yourself known and reveal things and take me deeper. And um, staying fresh is, I guess, diving deeper into the word, diving deeper into your relationship with the Father um, and making decisions that are obedient to Him. Um, Anything that God says to do, anything that might even be out of your comfort zone, it's um, making those decisions because, you know, you love God and you want to um, glorify him. But also in those decisions, there really is a lot of fulfillment in that, which is crazy because when you start, there's like maybe a little anxiousness or like nervousness because outside of your comfort zone. But when you do it, God is so pleased in that and he loves your obedience and he loves when you walk hand in hand with him. So that was hers. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So Josh wrote finding new ways to connect with him. Um, of course you can always 
you know, worship him and pray and do all those things. But um, he had said sometimes when you stay, when you use your gift for one thing and one thing only, it gets a little stale and almost a little stagnant. Like when you have a gift, God can use it for so many different things. So maybe in one season, it looks like one thing. And then God, when you're, um, you know, staying fresh and abiding in him, then God will say, all right, good job. I'm pleased with what you've done in this season. And I'm very proud of you. Here's another opportunity to serve me. So then you go from one to the other and it's, um, you know, you can find creative ways to do that. Josh is all about being creative. He's really, he's very talented in that. So um, not only with like drawing or doing animation, learning guitar, piano, like whatever it is, he goes at it with 110%. So with seeking God, he does the exact same thing, but more. Yeah. So he's all about, um, here's a passion of creativity. Okay, let me take that to God. How can I honor God in this creativity? And how can I um, use this gift to ultimately point it back to him? So, um, yeah. So yeah, I can definitely second that motion, that, uh, that motion. I, Josh is just very, very, uh, intentional yeah. with what he does and all, and is, uh, constantly making sure it lines up with, um, scripture yeah. and is wise. So I've, I commend him immensely for his intentionality and he has a lot of people, he, he has a lot of people he goes to and make sure and like, mm-hmm. is this, am I? is this line up with scripture? Is this wise? Am I doing this right? And, and has a lot of people pouring into him. So yeah. he, he's, he set up a pretty good system for himself mm-hmm. to make sure he's staying fresh. Um, and a lot of that has to do with community and yeah. surrounding himself with people who want to see him grow. So that's, yeah, definitely, definitely second that he's, he's a good guy. Love his thoughts on that. Um, the second question we ask on there and feel free if you're listening to this, if you have any thoughts on any of the things we're talking about, let us know um, messages on Instagram or on Facebook, or you can email us at uh, freshly squeezed info at gmail.com. But um, the second question we asked is what is one way you like to make sure you're staying spiritually fresh? Yeah. So I, um, it's cool to see some of my friends respond to this question. Um, Ariel Kaler says, um, listen, I listen to podcasts from various churches and pastors. Bailey Wood said journaling, which is a surprise <laughs> from Bailey. Um, yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, she makes leather journals and she is a boss at it. Yes, very much so. Um, and then Scott Apple said a lot of prayer. Um, yeah. <laughs> Emily Randall said worship music. Caleb Albert said, making sure that when I read the word, I'm making, I'm talking about what I learned with friends. Yeah. And we, we can go, uh, into the third question that says, um, uh, do you have any question? Do you have any questions regarding, uh, staying spiritually fresh? Caleb Albert also said, how important is community when we talk about staying spiritually fresh? Everything we just described before <laughs> to that name, yeah. to that question. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's very essential. It's one of, it's not the only ingredient, but it's one of the essential ingredients to uh, mm-hmm. staying fresh and teachable and so that you're growing in that maturity uh, spectrum we talked about earlier. This last year, actually, um, well, around this time last year, 
I was like, I didn't have really anyone. I didn't, Josh and I went, (laughs) we went on a break. And so I didn't really have him. I didn't have like any other, I really didn't have any other friends. I did, but I didn't like, I couldn't call them up and be like, Hey, let's hang out. I need to talk to somebody. Thankfully I had Taylor. So shout out to Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, she, Taylor's honestly the best. And in that season, it was like just exactly what I needed. So, um, so it wasn't like I didn't have anybody and I'm thankful that I have an amazing sister like Taylor as well. Um, but like looking back on that season, I was very lonely and it was life just wasn't very fun. Like it didn't feel colorful. It didn't feel like full of life. It was just so mundane and going through the motions. Like I had friends at church that I'd see, but it, it wasn't anything really, really deep. Yeah. And, um, in the summer during this last summer, um, I kind of just wanted to change. I just wanted to change that. Like I just, I wanted friends. So, um, I ended up reconnecting with a couple girls from high school and that has just been that community right there. Cause that is, that's like a mini community, but like the three of us, Jordan and Maddie, love them. Like going into young adults and being able to have, okay, I have like my core group of friends. Now we can, it just, I felt more comfortable and I was able to make more friends because of that. Like it wasn't me just doing it by myself. I had two other friends to help me. And um, because there is community, um, life is just so much more fulfilling. I don't know Mm -hmm. how to explain it, but it's like when you have people who have your back and who pray for you. And if something, if God speaks something to them, they're quick to just a text away. Hey, God spoke this to me about you. I just wanted to encourage you. That is so important. And so having a community of, of people is, um, yeah, just very important. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think that's uh, a beautiful thing and very, very necessary. I don't think it's a suggestion. I think it's something that we're we're called to do yeah. is community. Thanks so much, Cassie, for being on here and sharing all that you shared with us. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this uh, this fruitful conversation, be able to talk through all this stuff with you guys. Um, thanks so much to our listeners for tuning in this week. Um, you can find out more about Cassie at our Instagram, at Cassie Truby. And you can find out more about Freshly Squeezed at freshlysqueezestudios.com. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the Freshly Squeezed podcast. We hope you're as excited as we are about some of the upcoming additions to Freshly Squeezed Studios, such as our blog. Looking ahead, we're planning on taking a few weeks off to enjoy the holidays, and we'll be back for our final episode for this season in January. We hope you enjoy your Christmas and New Year's, and until next time, stay fresh.